It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. You all know how much I love receiving email from Mike Combe. Well, he did it again. I got another email from Mike, and I thought I would share my comments on it because this one really hit home for me. So without any further ado, let's, let's review his post. He quotes, he starts off, he says, I am often asked a question that is impossible to answer. Picture this. It's something like, what camera setting should I use when filming Bigfoot? That question is impossible to answer because Bigfoot doesn't exist, right? Or does he? It is similarly impossible to answer, what do I do when a team won't (laughs) self-organize? This can't be answered because a team that is allowed to self-organize, they will self-organize. A team may, for example, decide its former tech lead must approve all designs or will review all code before it's checked in. In most cases, these would not be good results of a team self-organizing, but the team has self-organized. I think of it similar to the school dances I attended when I was 13 or 14. Oh my goodness, I remember this like it was yesterday. We boys would stand against the wall with only a brave few venturing to ask someone to dance. We'd self-organize. Not well, but we had self-organized. Perhaps the real question I'm often asked then is, what do you do when a team self-organizes in a suboptimal manner? Here are three things you should try if you suspect your team has not organized, or if you suspect your team has organized suboptimally. Now, this should be really good because I can tell you, I have had this very conversation with folks, and I'm excited to see where it goes because I have a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night. No, I have a feeling that this is going to be good information. Here we go. First, refuse to step in and make decisions for the team. Hallelujah. I have said this so many times. Some teams are reluctant to embrace self-organization. When told they have authority over how work gets done, these teams will often wait for someone to make decisions for them. When you see this happen, resist your temptation to make the decision. It's super easy for you to go and make the decision for them. The best bet is to either wait silently for them to decide or reiterate that the decision is theirs to make and you'll support them in whatever they decide. It was Nelson Mandela who said that he always, he was with his grandson and his grandson was really frustrated because he attended a bunch of tribal meetings with Nelson Mandela and Nelson Mandela always spoke last. And the grandson said, you're the tribal leader. Shouldn't you be speaking first? And he just smiled and he looked at his grandson and he said, you know, he says, I let them speak first because then if any of them have a better idea than I did, I can support that idea and move forward with it instead of saying my idea and having my idea not be the right one. Now, the more I thought about that, why can't we all have an attitude like Nelson Mandela? Everybody can't speak last, but if you're doing it to help the team you know, get to where they need to be, then that's probably a really, really good idea, right? So, so keep that in mind. So if you see this happening, resist your temptation, jump in and make a decision. We all know it's easy for you, but how will the team, you know, course correct? Second, amplify or dampen the differences among the team members. Imagine a team of clones. How clones decide to organize around their work doesn't matter because each clone is identical in all ways to all the other clones. Our team members are not clones. <laughs> there are differences among them. Cultural differences, technical expertise, domain knowledge, power, gender, race, education, connection to others in the company, to other people, their problem-solving approach, their problem-solving capabilities, and so on. These types are the types and degrees of these differences 
influences how a team will self-organize. When you suspect the team has not organized itself well, either amplify the differences among the team members or dampen the differences among the team members. For example, consider a team composed of individuals who each favor quick decision-making, sometimes to the detriment of making good choices, good decisions. Look for an opportunity to add a team member that has a different decision-making style. It's so funny. If you do this and you lock this in, I can tell you right now, these things really do work. I've done these coaching techniques before and they they work excellent. Mike, you're a genius. All right, third, praise appropriate behavior. Praising appropriate behavior will encourage more appropriate behavior. If a team member makes a decision that would have been left to a manager to in the pre-agile past, praise that team member for making the decision and moving forward. More importantly, offer that praise regardless of whether the decision turns out to be the best one. Perhaps at a short discussion regarding how it might be possible to make a better decision next time. But first, you want to commend the person publicly, if possible, for going beyond traditional responsibilities and tackling an issue that was outside of their realm. Without self-organization, teams remain overly directed by managers. Uh, this leads to a team feeling less ownership or attachment to its goals. Self-organizing teams move quickly due to a greater sense of investment in their work. Getting a team member to embrace self-organizing frees managers from other work and benefits the organization and the job satisfaction of the team members, enabling the team to succeed with Agile. Here's what I can tell you. I had an opportunity to work to go uh, do some coaching work at a large electronics company. And when I got there, there was a young lady running for the elevator. So I held the door for her. I'll never forget it. It was raining. She was wet. I felt really bad. So I asked her what floor. She said eight. I said, oh, I said, I'm going to eight. I don't think I've ever met you. She said, I'm Susie. Name changed to protect the innocent. I said, pleasure to meet you, Susie. I'm Lee. I said, what do you do? She said, I'm just a developer. I said, what just the product do you work on? And she told me. And I said, why do you work on that product? She goes, who are you? I said, we already did this. You're Susie. I'm Lee. Why do you work on that one? And her answer was, this is what I get paid to do. So quite honestly, what I can tell you is the way you can tell when a team's not self-organizing is when you get that feeling that everyone's there just for the paycheck. No one's there to make things better. No one understands ways to improve. No one cares about ways to improve. No one embraces different things they can do. I mean, there's just so many things that are detrimental that the team could be doing better that they're not doing better. So I think the big thing here, Mike, you hit it on the head, is just that it's it's a matter of making sure that you praise appropriate behaviors when they happen, that you amplify or dampen the differences among the team members, and under no circumstance, step in and make a decision for the team. Because if they're ever going to get through storming and get into norming and performing, that's going to be their ticket to get there. That's going to be their ticket to ride. So that's going to do it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you have something you want to talk to us about, reach out to us at learnmoreatagiledad.com. We'd love to hear from you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care. 